What local and regional issues stand to affect our industry in 2023? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the latest business aviation news and information. The start of a new year also means a new round of state legislative sessions across the country, and many of those assemblies are debating legislation that could directly or indirectly affect business aviation. NBAA's roster of regional directors are active in those discussions, as Steve Hadley, Senior Director of NBAA's Regional Program and also the Association's Director for the Southwest Central Region, explains. For over 20 years, NBAA has had a regional program which involved regional representatives originally, which we have evolved to regional directors due to the nature of the work that we do. But there are five of us now that are spread across the United States. Each of us live in our regions and work remotely. And each region has a different personality, as you can imagine. And we try to match those personalities to the personality of the, the director in that area. It takes a little bit of planning but uh, things are definitely uh, back in full swing for us. With the normal work that we do with supporting local and regional groups, uh, our membership and airports, uh, we have uh, almost every state legislature in the country is now in session, and they are coming up with some bills, most of which involves us getting involved Uh, at the local level, and as we all know, all politics is local. But on the national level, it still involves us uh, advocating and educating our membership and the general public on national issues such as FAA reauthorization and all the other SMS programs, the environmental efforts that we're doing, and workforce efforts. That's quite the list of working areas for you and NBAA's other regional directors, Steve. So let's get right to some of the most pressing issues for the year ahead. Phil Derner is NBAA's regional director for the Western Region. One thing with legislative season is that there's so much happening in so many different states that things move very fast. And we need to be able to sort through so many bills and figure out which are concerning, which ones we need to put forth our efforts to stand behind uh, and and how to perform and coordinate each one. And the West, of course, is a very uh, active area. Washington State and California uh, have a a number of bills that we're monitoring and participating on. Some of the big topics this year really revolve around sustainability. A lot of discussion on unleaded fuel and sustainable aviation fuel, uh, both of which are, are things that MBA is very supportive of sustainability is, of course, one of our top priorities. Uh, we do have one bill in Washington state where they're trying to implement a, a, a ban on leaded fuel earlier than the industry is really prepared for. Of course, you know the intention of that bill is a positive one and one that we generally support, but we need to make sure that these bills are written in a way that are practical and realistic for our industry to approach. Uh, and fortunately, you know, the elected officials and the sponsors of these bills are open to that kind of dialogue. 
So we've had a number of stakeholders involved kind of coordinating that saying, hey, you know, we, we want to move on this. We want to be aggressive on this. But what's the, the best way to go about this uh, to maybe incentivize uh, and not to create restriction, but to make it more advantageous for businesses and airports to be able to move toward this this common goal. So that's something that is still very much in progress and we're monitoring and communicating with uh, fellow associations and, and businesses and our members on that. Sustainable aviation fuel is another one. There is a bill that creates some additional tax credits for the manufacturing of sustainable aviation fuel in the state of Washington, which would be in addition to the blender's tax credit being offered on the federal level, which is very exciting. It's great to see this kind of, of positive, supportive legislation. So we're also coordinating with other associations and groups to drum up some support for that. My third guest today is Brittany Davies, NBAA's Northeast Regional Director. And Brittany, before we look at the issues you're working on now in your region, it's worth noting our industry achieved a significant victory there at the end of last year. Please tell us a bit about stopping Stop the Chop. Yeah, it was great to cap off six months of hard work. We did have a very notable victory coming out of New York. Local and regional groups helped our members mobilize in response to our call to action to halt the Anti-Business Aviation Stop the Chop Act, as you mentioned. This bill would have allowed anyone to sue a pilot, flight department, line service personnel, or company employee operating in the state of New York for alleged helicopter noise pollution, even if the operation was legal. So using NBA's voter voice resource, members were able to make known their position to this potentially precedent-setting proposal. It was subsequently vetoed by Governor Kathy Hochul in late December. So moving forward this year, that helicopter business aviation is still under attack in New York and New Jersey. Currently, there is a bill in New York that establishes a tax on carbon emissions from non-essential helicopter flights. And furthermore, in New Jersey, we are still seeing bills that aim to prohibit tourist helicopter operations. So the Stop the Chop Act is not going to be the end of this, and we're going to really see some some pushes forward in monitoring those bills. As Phil mentioned previously, too, while several of my states uh, have bills being introduced right now that we're monitoring in those early stages, I'm currently focused on critical legislation in Massachusetts and actively engaging with the local groups in that state. Uh, there are two bills of concern, one that is looking to repeal the sales tax exemption for aircraft, and the other that proposes that the Massachusetts Aeronautics Division shall collect all noise data from airports and additionally have each tower submit all touch-and-go activity. Uh, so we're looking at both of those and actively engaging with our voices being known pretty quickly on those. And Steve, you're at work right now in my home state regarding another attempt to ban 100 low-lead avgas. Similar to uh, a bill that Phil mentioned in uh, Washington, New Mexico has uh, uh, a bill that they're considering in committee right now in the Senate to ban 100 low-lead sales in uh, the entire state of uh, New Mexico by 2028. This is well before the uh, commitment that the industry has made to uh, eliminate 100 low lead or lead from uh, aviation fuels. What that means is there will not be an availability of avgas in the state of New Mexico if if that bill were to pass and nothing uh, had developed in the terms of alternative fuel for those aircraft by 2028. While on the whole of it, you think about that, that eliminates a lot of aircraft from the system. 
not having 100 low lead available can lead to the grounding of nearly 30% of the aircraft, which accounts for 70% of all general aviation fuel sales. There are over 3,000 aircraft based in New Mexico. So, and many of the airports get their funding for the airport from the taxes on those fuel cells. So that could lead to the actual closure of many airports that only receive aircraft that utilize 100 low lead fuel. That's much more critical than uh, it meets the eye. And so we're educating that committee on the adverse uh, impact of uh, what they might be doing. So that's, you know, sustainability and environmental efforts are a high priority for NBA, including the elimination of lead and aviation fuel. And we're proud to be among many aviation organizations that have made unleaded fuel more available through initiatives uh, such as Eliminate Aviation Gasoline Lead Emissions Eagle program. As well, we're committed to zero emissions from all aircraft by 2050. Uh, So the timeline of that proposal in New Mexico is basically impractical, unrealistic, and unsafe. More of this discussion in just a moment after this word from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with NBAA Regional Directors Brittany Davies, Phil Derner, and Steve Hadley, and our discussion about regional issues for business aviation in the coming year. Steve, we've talked before on Flight Plan about how important it is for NBAA to work with local, state, and regional aviation groups in advocating for business aviation at the grassroots level. But that work can also include groups not directly involved in the aviation industry, right? When legislation comes up that affects the state, whether it's the um, operational side or the economic side, many economic development groups, chambers of commerce, uh, get involved because it impacts attracting business to their communities or to the state as a whole. In New Mexico, the New Mexico Municipal League is one that we work with that in terms of airspace issues and other economic impact issues. Uh, I've worked in other states, other communities with chambers of commerce. We've even had uh, chambers of commerce that have uh, sent a delegation to Washington, D.C. to advocate against the most recent privatization of ATC because they knew it would impact their local community and being able to draw businesses into that community. So we work with anyone and everyone that has an impact both positively and negatively on business aviation. As Steve said, working with the local and regional groups and chambers of commerce is is absolutely vital for us. A lot of the elected officials on the uh, city, county, and state levels. They, they want to hear that the locals are also passionate about this, not just that the national associations are the ones communicating with them and, and, and voicing opinions. Those grassroots efforts are, are very important to us. Depending on the legislation, we, we also seek to make sure that we're on the mark, that we're representing our members well. 
you know, that what we're fighting for is really what is important and impactful to uh, our membership. So, I mean, we couldn't do what we do without uh, regional groups and chambers responding to our calls to action and our communication, having those discussions the same way that we want to be heard by elected officials. Uh, we also want to hear from other members, friends, stakeholders. And as Steve said, the, the chambers of commerce, I mean, to, to be able to have a, vo- a non-aviation voice that is supportive of us, I think also really goes a long way to lend legitimacy to, to what we're doing. It's not that we're looking to be combative with legislation, but we really want to find good ways forward. I, I really believe that at the end of the day, so many of us are striving toward the same goals and we need to work on that together. Indeed. And Brittany, I know you're engaged with a diverse roster of regional groups in your part of the country as well. What's neat about our regional groups is that you can have several types per state. So whether we're talking about um, engaging in the local chambers of commerce, as, as my colleagues just mentioned, or in other capacities, it's it's really great to see the, the spread of types of groups that we have out there. So in many states in my territory, I have airport management groups, business aviation groups, and often additional groups that will retain full-time lobbyists. So these different kinds of bills that pop up can often need different approaches. So working with all these groups collectively not only helps create the right response and consistency engagement to representatives, but also allows the correct group to spearhead the campaign at the grassroots level. On that note, Brittany, and going back to Steve's earlier comment about all politics being local, many of the issues in your respective regions also stand to influence and inform the national legislative landscape for business aviation as well. What's unique about the Northeast, in particular New York, is if something starts in New York, it catches wind across the rest of the nation. Um, We've seen this time and time again over several years with different legislative bills that have popped up. So defeating the Stop the Chop bill and getting recognized from the governor that there was a lot of federal preemption there was a big win for us. This was also the first time that we had seen not only this type of legislation involving helicopters at the city level, the state level, and the federal level. So this campaign and the, the other Stop the Top group has really broadened their horizons in their campaigning, uh, which has kept uh, kept us on our toes to make sure that uh, we stop it and at the kind of the head of where it's at between the, the state. We've stopped now. We're working on additional city legislation and really making sure that our folks in D.C. are also monitoring anything that has continued over and has been presented by New York representatives at the federal level. Phil, I'm sure you're facing a similar situation on the other side of the country, too. One thing that's important to keep an eye on for us is anything that might cause a national precedent that could be dangerous for us. We might see something related to an airport or an area that may not have a strong business aviation presence, but should a certain bill or, or Uh, regulation uh, be allowed to be implemented, other airports that do have a strong business aviation presence could be affected. We see what's happening at Santa Monica Airport, for example. There are other airports who don't know the details of that, don't know that what's happening there and what has been a part of that fight doesn't apply to a lot of these other airfields, and it has yet to stop some of them from trying to uh, put forth some anti-aviation and anti-airport restrictions and and push for uh, similar legislation. So it's frustrating, and we need to make sure that we are also very engaged with that. There are 5,000 public-use airports in the United States, so we really rely heavily on our members and other groups to 
reach out to us to let us know what's happening across a large area of land. You know, so when whether we have local issues or national issues, everyone's engaged, everyone's aware, and everyone's willing to, to step up when needed. Steve, I'd imagine many of these topics at the local and regional level will also inform the debate this year in Congress on funding reauthorization for the FAA. They're very related in that they impact each other, I would say. Uh, For instance, the reauthorization, uh, one of the things that we are very focused on in reauthorization is the ability to help initiatives in workforce development. And those work on both sides of the equation. The need for workforce in our industry is extremely strong. We have shortages in all areas of our workforce, as do other industries. So the workforce uh, in uh, initiatives within FA reauthorization will be very important, but also the environmental issues for the authorization we see, as you can see from some of the legislation that Phil and I have talked about, at the local level, people are concerned about it. We're also concerned about it on our end as well. So this is all a, a give and take, and it's a, we hope that it's a symbiotic relationship that we can work together to uh, drive positive, practical, and safe efforts to uh, make our country and our industry more efficient, greener, and cleaner. Sounds like you three, along with NBAA's other regional directors, Christy Ivey and Greg Voos, have a busy year ahead. And Steve, we've only touched on a small part of what you'll be working on this year. The list goes on and on. It'll be impossible to, to touch on it all. In our legislative work, for instance, there have over probably 15 to 20 legislative issues that I know about that are coming up that will impact uh, membership in the industry at the state levels. And uh, we haven't even begun to see the 11th hour issues. So the biggest challenge for us right now in our our program is managing our time and, and budgets to meet the need effectively. How can NBAA members and others listening today help NBAA's regional directors in that process, Steve? One extremely valuable tool that NBAA provides in fighting both local and national legislation issues is called voter voice. Some of you may be aware that we had this tool and it was called Contact Congress before. And this is a tool which now under voter voice, we can give you the facts and and issues and give you a template to contact your local elected officials to voice your opinion on the issue. And this automatically populates to the uh, elected officials based upon your zip code and address. So it's an outstanding tool. Please, when uh, we ask for a call to action, if we're using voter voice, please utilize it. It it only takes a few minutes of your time. And it's extremely important as congressional offices tally up constituents' uh, reactions to a bill. 
Great point, Steve. And NBAA members can watch for notifications of new voter voice campaigns to make their voices heard on matters affecting business aviation. Phil, another way listeners can participate in these efforts is simply to reach out to their own NBAA regional director for guidance, right? I want our member companies to not be scared to engage. Don't be shy to reach out, ask questions, ask how they can participate. A lot of companies think that they might be too small to really participate in this, that a lot of the legislative issues are really for the big boys. And that's really not the case at all. We really welcome everyone to be involved. Everyone's voice matters in this. Uh, Responding to those calls to action are, are vital for us. And also just for awareness. If there's something that someone doesn't understand, ask. Uh, I'm more than happy to educate people. You don't need to know how the legislative landscape works. You know, hey, Phil, there's this bill. How, how does this affect us? What, what's the concern? And and share your thoughts. So that kind of engagement is, is vital for us. You can keep track of these and other issues and learn more about NBAA's regional directors program and the importance of local and regional groups to business aviation at nbaa.org forward slash regional. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Uh, we got him inside, we're slowing back to 170, coming 504.